I'm glad to see so many smiling faces this morning. It looks like some of you got up happy this morning. You know you got up in your right mind. See, it's, a, it's good to be able to wake up in the morning and be in our right mind and, and know that we can go to God's house and with God's people lift him up and praise him and worship him. And this is such a special day. I've enjoyed everything thus far. This is, this is like Sunday morning ought to be. Uh, I think the praise and worship just went over the top, didn't you? Praise God. Now, I want to welcome all of you visitors that are here. And if you don't have a church of your own, I want to encourage you to come back and, and be a part of this. We've been looking for you. And you that have been gone for a while and just coming back, don't be so long about coming back again. Uh, uh, you know, and some of you are still trying to figure out about us. Well, we got so many ways you're going to have to like some of them. And one of them is we love the Lord and we love the Lord's people. So we may be a little different other than that, but you need to hang on to that because we do. We love the Lord and we love the Lord's people. And we're glad you're here this morning. Uh, uh, I could uh, just turn around and go home almost now, except I want to talk to you a little bit about the Lord. We've already had service this morning uh, uh, and every bit of it's been good. But I get to bring you the meat of the service this morning, and if you'll pray for me real hard, well, uh, I'll try not to be very long about it, but uh, uh, it'll be good either way, because see, we serve a good God. You didn't have to be here this morning. God allows you to get out of bed and be here this morning. He's got the last say on it all, I'm so glad that he let you come. And I can be with you. I want to talk to you this morning for a little bit uh, uh, about Easter. We sang about Easter. We've testified about Easter. And, and I want to talk to you a little bit about Easter. And if the Lord gives a hold to me, I'll preach to you a little bit. But until then, it's all going to be all right. So if you've got your Bible, you want to turn to uh, Matthew 28, verse 1. I'm going to start off right there. I want to read to you just a little bit. Matthew 28. Verse 1, after the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, or Magdalene rather, and the other Mary, it says, went to look at the tomb. So there was a violent earthquake. An angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled back the stone. His appearance, it says, was like lightning. He was clothed and was like snow white. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Don't be afraid. I know that you look for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, the book says. He has risen just as he said he would. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly, it says, and tell his disciples. Notice he said, quickly. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you to Galilee. So the women hurried away to, uh, from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. You know, it's one thing to be in the presence of the Lord and, and not realize. Another thing, when you're in the presence of the Lord and you know it, uh, uh, you, you feel this uh, a fear somehow or another. It's, it's different than, than a fear when I feel like somebody's going to kill me, but, but it's a fear that I, I, I fear him because of who he is. And, but yet it's exciting 
when you know the presence of the Lord settles down around you. Oh, praise God. They ran to tell the disciples. Notice they didn't drag their feet. They knew what they'd heard was the truth. When you know what you hear is the truth, you need to get excited about it. You need to tell somebody about it. Faith is about the Lord. No other holiday is as critical as this holiday today. Celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. No other holiday. I like Christmas. I like Fourth of July. Matter of fact, I like all the holidays. But since I've gotten saved, since I know that I'm saved, do you know you saved this morning? Do you really know you saved this morning? Amen. Since I found out and I know that I'm saved, there's no other holiday like Easter for me. It's critical to the Christian faith. Why is it critical? Well, the very foundation of Christianity stands or crumbles on the fact of the truthfulness that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. If he didn't rise from the dead, then it's just another show. 1 Corinthians 15, and 1 through 4, I want to read you that. Paul talking. says, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you, you that's been to church, and not, I'm going to tell you today. I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, he says, you are saved if you hold firmly to what I preach to you. Some people seem to think that they can hear the gospel and go home and go do just like they used to do before they heard the gospel. But Paul is telling us here, you've got to hold firm onto what you've heard, what the scriptures say if you're really saved. Said otherwise, you've just believed in vain. For what I've received, I pass on to you as the first importance. He said it's the first important, what? That Christ died for our sins. He really did. He died for our sins. According to the, and it was according to the Scriptures. Easter is not a religious ritual or tradition. It's not just something we go to once a year and say that's all there is to it. I, I, I've done my thing now. It's a way of life for those that really know him as their Lord. It's about the resurrection of the Son of God. It's a historical event. And because of that historical event, we have life today if we accept him as our Savior. It's significant because of what the resurrection of Jesus validates. The resurrection of Christ validates the Scriptures. The Scriptures talk about him. We study about him. We pray to him. Fulfilled prophecy is solid evidence. Now, evidence is something, though, that will prove or disprove something's right. And, it, and it, what I, it's saying here is fulfilled prophecy is solid evidence of God's existence and divine inspiration of the Scriptures. Every aspect of the Easter story was foretold in the Old Testament. 
by the prophets of old. He told about his triumph entry in Zechariah 9 and 9. It was also fulfilled in the New Testament where he comes riding in on a donkey, a foal of a coat. It told about in Zechariah 11 and 12 about being betrayed for 30 pieces of silver and it came to pass in Matthew 26 and 15. It talked about him being scourging and spitting on in Isaiah. And it comes to pass in the New Testament. It tells about in Isaiah 53 and 12 about crucified with criminals. In the New Testament we find that he was hung between two thieves. It tells about the piercing in Psalms 22 and 16. It says, dogs surround me and a pack of villains uh, encircling me. They pierced my hands and my feet. And then we find that when they put him on the cross in the New Testament, it happens. They nailed the nails in his hands and in his feet. Validating Scripture, what's already been foretold. He talked about that in the Old Testament, about no bones would be broken in Psalms 34 and 20. And it came to pass in John 19 and 33. Said he'd be buried with the rich in Isaiah 53 and 9, and it came to pass in 27, Matthew 27 and 57 through 60. It talks about that. Talked about him being raised from the dead in Psalms 16 and 10, and it came to pass. It talks about it in Matthew 28 and 9. Sounds like it's pretty well validated what it's saying about Easter, doesn't it? Let me tell you what uh, C.L. Lewis wrote. He said, among the Jews there certainly suddenly turns up a man who goes about talking as if he was God. He claims to forgive sin. He's coming to judge the world, he says, at the end of time. Jesus called God his Father. He claimed that he was the only path to knowing this God and eternal life. He claimed to have authority to forgive sin, and he claimed to be the Messiah. For someone to say that, Jesus was either deceived or by conscious fraud uh, uh, saying those things, or he was himself deluded and self-deceived, or thirdly, or he was divine. I submit to you according to the scriptures that he was divine. He was the son of God. He came on a mission because we needed a champion and there's no champion could be found on earth or anywhere around earth because everybody was polluted by the sins of Adam and Eve and there was no bloodline that could be make a sacrifice that would be fit and pleasing to God for you and I. So God devised a plan his only begotten son, the Bible says. You see, John 3, 16, it wraps up the whole resurrection. It, it wraps up the whole program of God because God so loved the world, you and me and our sin, that he was willing to give Jesus to die on a cross for our sin. He was the only hope that we would have. He was without sin. But even if he died on the cross, 
And when he was taken down off the cross, and when he was put into the tomb, if he had never come out of the tomb, it would have not been any good for us. We would have still been in our sins. But God saw fit to accept that sacrifice. It was a fitting sacrifice, and he accepted it. And because he did, and because Jesus now uh, lives, we have salvation. Praise the Lord. According to the New Testament accounts, Jesus during his ministry often predicted that he would be raised from the dead. After all these things that he was saying, he said, I'm going to be raised from the dead. John 10, 17 said, I lay down my life only to take it up again. I want to read that to you because I want you to realize right out of it. He said, I lay down my life. There's people who think that the, that the Romans, they came and they got him and they overpowered him, but they didn't overpower him. He allowed them to do what they did. He allowed them to do that because he knew what his mission was, that we depended on his sacrifice. And he came in love to do that, and nothing was going to stop him from doing that. Even in our sin, he loved us that much. In Luke 29 and 22, it reads, He must be killed and on the third day raised to life. He wasn't raised on the fourth day or the fifth day or the sixth day or the first day. He was raised from the dead on the third day, like the Scripture said. And there's more Scriptures I could read for you. Each one of the four Gospels has something to do with it, but there's other Scriptures that you can read about his death. Uh, the angel said in Matthew 28 and 6 that he is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, uh, the angel invited him to see. Christ's resurrection validates and puts God's seal of approval on everything Jesus did when he was on the cross. The resurrection of Christ validates our future resurrection. We wouldn't have to worry about a future resurrection if Jesus hadn't been resurrected from the dead. But he was resurrected, and we have a future resurrection. Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, are one, and NIV says rooms, and he said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I'll come again and receive you to myself. It's validated he's going to do that because all the scriptures uh, that have already come to pass, one, if, one, if there's one lie in the Bible, the whole Bible's a lie. And so, as I begin to look at that and think about that here, listen, what 1 Corinthians 5 uh, 15, rather, and 17, 18, and 19 says. And if God has not been risen, your faith is futile. You, it won't make any difference if you've got faith because it's still going to be a dead end for us. But since he's raised, I submit to you that we have something to look forward to, and that's one day we can spend eternity with the Lord. It will continue on with him as Paul has taught us in the Scriptures and the rest of Scripture teaches us. We need to live holy to the best of our ability, and follow God. Said, 18 says, For those also who have fallen asleep in Christ, if he's not been raised, they're lost. I'm not going to believe that. I've been reading in the book. I just buried my mother last month, 
and I know I'm going to see her again. My dad went on before her, and I'm going to see him again. My sister went on before him, and I'll see her again. She was the first one in our family that accepted the Lord. And if you've got family that's going on to be with the Lord, claim it, hold on to it, and live for that moment when you can meet him over there because it's real. Jesus was raised from the dead. If life, if only for this life we have hope in Christ. In other words, if only for now that we serve him for now and we don't really believe that hereafter. A lot of people don't want to think about past life to death. Some people want to tell you that there's no life after death. Job asked the question, a man do, if a man dies, shall he live again? There are those who say life after death is a myth. No one goes to heaven or hell after death that there is no life beyond the grave. Some people think that. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm going to choose to think about what the Son of God says, not what somebody thinks on this side. The resurrection of Jesus is proof life exists beyond the grave. How much more proof could you want? There was witnesses uh, after he rose from the dead. John eleven twenty five 25 says, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live even though they die. Will live again even though they die. That's what Jesus said. I'm going to believe what he says. Now we have a choice. We can either spend eternity with the Lord or we can spend eternity in a place that was prepared for the devil and his followers. I don't know about you. I think though, I do know about you some, but because you wouldn't be here in church if you hadn't thought about it. I have to change that around. I think, I think you came because you believe there is somewhere down the road a reckoning or a meeting with the Lord. It may be sooner than some of us think, but I want you to know one thing Jesus said. I'll read it again. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. I'm reminded the scripture says it's once appointed on everybody to die. It says, after this, the judgment. But if you give your heart to the Lord already, or if you do it before he calls you home, then you're going to live again with the Lord. We need to believe and realize in what Jesus said. There's an illustration I'd like to share with you. It's in the form of a letter. This illustration comes from Kansas City, uh, from the Kansas City Star. It's a letter form typed to Billy Graham. Dear Billy Graham, it says, from J.J. How can we know if there's a life after death? I'd like to think there is, the letter says, but I don't see any scientific, scientific, scientific reason to believe it. Once a person, he says, is dead, that's the end of everything, in my view. Or am I overlooking something, he says. And the reply is, dear J.J., 
Today, millions of Christians around the world will celebrate Easter, which commemorates the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And when they looked, when they took him down from the cross and sealed him in the stone tomb, Jesus was dead. In fact, a fact is even the enemies didn't dispute that he was dead. Said, but on the third day after his death, the tomb was empty, and the words of the angel who appeared cry through the ages, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. And on that thought, I want to take this morning. You have to believe that he's risen. Jesus is alive. If Jesus is not alive, if you don't believe he's risen, what are you doing here this morning? See, I'm so glad I can celebrate his resurrection this morning. I'm glad that he came. I'm glad that he died. I'm glad that he was buried. But I'm more glad that he rose this morning because he rose, meaning he's alive and he has power to overcome the enemy in our lives and everything around us that we allow him. He will lead us through it. Jesus loves you. Sometimes the enemy tries to make you think, well, nobody cares. Nobody thinks anything about where I am. But Jesus cares. Brother Randall, he cared for you while you was out there hung out with the devil someplace. He had you on his mind all the time when you thought that he didn't have. He has something for you, and for each and every one that's here, he has something for you. You're not here by accident this morning. You're here on a divine appointment from the Lord. Some of you hadn't been in church in a while probably, but you're here on divine appointment this morning because God wants you to hear what's been said here this morning. Jesus loves you. And Jesus made a way by going to the cross and raising from the grave, uh, being back to the Father, becoming the sacrifice so as you could be set free. And if you're here bound with anything this morning, Jesus has already paid the price that you can get loose from whatever it is. But you have to put your trust in him. You have to lean on him. You have to realize you've made a mess out of your life yourself and you've not accomplished what you would like to and you never will do that on your own. You need someone to help you that's able to do that. And his name is Jesus. Jesus set me free. I'm free to serve him. I'm free to move in him. I'm free to expect him to move for me. But more than that, I'm free to believe that one day he's going to come for me and I'm going to spend eternity with him. We'll fight the battle here, but we won't fight it alone. He's here with us because he loves us enough that he died for us. The whole message of the resurrection is wrapped up in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But it goes beyond that. There's, there's what he has for us here today. We can be victorious in this walk today. We don't have to be pushed and shoved by the devil. Matter of fact, God calls you and I to push the devil. I like to say chase the devil instead of being chased by the devil. Today is a great day. If you really think about it, this is, this is the anniversary for the church to know it's been set free. 
to know that there's a hereafter, to know that we're going to get to spend eternity with the Lord, but only if we follow him. Praise the Lord. I want you to stand with me all over this place. He's alive this morning. You believe he's alive this morning? Does your actions show that you believe he's alive this morning? Praise God. I'm going to tell you, if you need prayer right now this morning, I want you to come out from where you are. Don't tarry. Come out from where you are and let us pray with you. I, I don't need to know all your problems. I don't want to know all your problems. If you want to tell me something's going on and you need prayer, I'm, I'm willing to listen and pray for that particular thing. But I just want to pray with you if you need prayer this morning and call the prayer team over to help me. If you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord. It's very important. If you don't know the Lord this morning, don't let the day go by without getting acquainted with the Lord. Come down and let us pray with you. Everybody in this church that claims the Lord in our life, we've had to come to an altar and ask the Lord to come in our life or we've had to have people to pray with us. He's here to meet your need. But you know, if you come to church and you got needs and you don't come to the Lord for your need, it's like going to the candy store and looking at the candy and turn around and walking home. It was all there. All you had to do was just go in and acquire it. But if you didn't acquire it, whose fault is that? Brother White, come over and help us pray.